sharing our faith and passion for the Lord Jesus Christ with others is a desire of Zion Christian Fellowship. Our prayer is that this message will have a lasting impact on your life and draw you closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. This message is not copyrighted. You are free to make copies for friends and neighbors. We only ask that you copy it in its entirety without alterations or changes. Now unto the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only wise God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. I know he, he preached a lot of things, but it was repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So that was preparation work. Um, Jesus was coming in behind him. He was going out in front. He was preparing the way. And he said, repent ye for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And we know his ministry was, as we see, was very effective. Um, I think it says all Judea came to him and were baptized and repented. I think it was Judea. <clears throat> so, and then uh, that's what John preached. Jesus came behind him. And interestingly, what did Jesus preach? Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is in hand. Um, he actually said the very same thing. Now, there was more than just that. Um, but he preached right behind John, preaching the same thing, the same message. Even though it was, it was different, it was more full, it was complete. Um, <clears throat> so my question was, if John came preaching... Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Why did Jesus come behind and preach the same thing? And uh, so as I, you know, kind of looking over my own life and some experience I've had was that, um, how would you say, we, we say times like, you know, I repented, I was converted or whatever. But there was a, a repentance that was going on before, beforehand. Um, maybe a smaller way, a more incomplete way, but there was a beginning repentance that had been happening before that. Um, so, and it was a preparation for what was to come. So I think what, what John and Jesus did here applies in our life. There is an early, small, and sometimes obscure repentance um, that begins in the heart. And it's a preparation for the way of the Lord. So that's what I want to encourage all of us to, um, a preparing the way of the Lord, uh, preparing a path for the Lord in our hearts. <clears throat> so I would, I would desire that that would be um, what we could do now, tomorrow, tonight you know, whatever, at all times, prepare a way for the Lord. <clears throat> so I hope for the Bible school students that um, rather than preparing for a week of social events and activities, that you've been preparing a way of the Lord for, in your heart. Um, I know it's it's exciting. You're going to be meeting friends and uh, make a lot of new ones, I'm sure. And and that's good. That's fine. No complaints there. But um, make sure you don't lose sight. Prepare the way of the Lord in your heart <clears throat> for him to, to do a better, a greater work.
So how was the way of the Lord prepared, as we just read there in Isaiah 40? I'm going to break that down a little bit and uh, apply it to our personal lives. How is, you know, he says that every valley, well, back up there, I'll, I'll just read it again. The voice of him that cries in the wilderness, prepare ye the way of the Lord, make straight in the desert a highway for our God. Every valley shall be exalted, and every mountain and hill shall be made low, and the crooked shall be made straight, and the rough places plain. So I would just like to apply that to our life. How can that play out in our life? He says, make straight a highway. Uh, I would apply that as removing distractions and aimlessness. Install purpose and resolve. So instead of having a winding road that um, takes you twice as long to get somewhere, make straight a pathway. Uh, Remove the distractions, the things that distract you, and develop resolve, develop uh, purpose in your life, in your heart. Isaiah 50 says... 50 verse 7, I'm going to just read one verse there. Okay, so I'm assuming this is Isaiah saying this. For the Lord God will help me, therefore shall I not be confounded. Therefore have I set my face like a flint, and I know that I shall not be ashamed. Now my prayer is for all of us that we would set our face like a flint, develop a resolve, a purpose, um, a straight highway through the desert as John the Baptist preached. And uh, remove all those distractions, all those things that clog up your mind and, and whatever clog up your life. <clears throat> he goes on, he says, Every valley shall be exalted. So I read a little bit into this, and apparently there were some kings that if they were going to make a journey, let's say, to another country, they would actually send crews out ahead of them to do this exact thing so that they had a nice road to go on. They would literally tear down hills and level out valleys, and and, uh, they'd make a way for the king to come. And it wasn't bulldozers and track hoes. So every valley shall be exalted. Those low spots, those vices, those sins, bad habits must be repented of, put away, and replaced with good works. And this varies from all of us. We, I think we all naturally have our own vices, those uh, bad habits, um, you know, things that we struggle with. And those are our valleys. And the encouragement here is to to fill those valleys up, um, to fill them up with good works and level out a path for the way of the Lord. In Daniel four twenty seven, I think this was speaking to the king. Uh, he said, "Break off thy sins by righteousness and thine iniquities by shewing mercy to the poor." if it may be a lengthening of thy tranquility. So 
Here what he told the king was, not only break off your sins, but do good. Replace it with something good. So I think sometimes we get, at least I do, may get hung up on don't do this, don't do that, you know, quit this. Um, But we need to add good to it and replace it with good. If you, if you hear anything about politics, sometimes one party will blame the other party of simply the party of no. All they do is say no. They don't do anything, you know. But we need to not only do not do something, but do something good to replace it. Fill up those valleys. <clears throat> the crooked made straight and the rough places plain. The smaller things change your language Words you use, attitudes, strained relationships, disrespect to authorities, etc. There's many of those little um, stones in the road, you could say, um, that make your path crooked and your rough places. Um, So he encourages us here to make those crooked ways straight and the rough places plain. So I would just want to encourage all of us, let's work on these things. Um, look at what are those issues. Prepare a way of the Lord. <clears throat> you know, like I said, it may start out as quite, quite a small thing, but we do need to do it to prepare the way of the Lord. Okay, so I'm going to take a a little different angle at the same thing again, is prepare your soil for planting. And this is actually kind of where I started at in my message. In Isaiah 62, verse 10, it it says, "Go Go through the gates, prepare ye the way of the people, cast up, cast up the highway, gather out the stones, lift up a standard for the people. So that's kind of what we'd said earlier there was to get the stones out of the road. Get those, whatever those stones are in your life, remove them, make a way for the Lord. So I'm going to go to Mark chapter 4. And this is the parable of the sower. So we're going to read through that and uh, just with the mind of preparing the way of the Lord. Mark 4, starting at 3 through, down through 9. Hearken, behold, there went out a sower to sow. And as it came to pass, as he sowed, some fell by the wayside, and the fowls of the air came and devoured it up. And some fell on stony ground where it had not much earth, And immediately it sprang up, because it had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, it was scorched, and because it had no root, it withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no fruit. And other fell on good ground, and did yield fruit that sprang up and increased, and brought forth some thirty, and some sixty, and some an hundred. I'm going to skip down to 14 and continue on the sower and this is an explanation of what he just said the sower soweth the word 
And these are they by the wayside where the word is sown. But when they have heard, Satan cometh immediately and taketh away the word that was sown in their hearts. And these are they likewise which are sown on stony ground, who when they have heard the word immediately receive it with gladness, and have no root in themselves, and so endure for a time. Afterward, when affliction or persecution ariseth for the word's sake, immediately they are offended. And these are they which are sown among thorns, such as hear the word, and the care of this world, and deceitfulness of riches, and the lust of other things entering in, choke the word, and it becometh unfruitful. And these are they which are sown on good ground, such as hear the word, and receive it, and bring forth fruit, some thirtyfold, some sixty, and some an hundred. So we see the different types of soil here. Um, you know, we, we, we spoke about preparing a way, a path for the Lord, but here it's about preparing a soil for the Lord. <clears throat> so we see the difference here between stony ground and good ground. Now there is the ground where the thorns came up, and I'm not going to focus on that. Uh, but there's the stony ground... And there's the good ground. So what was the difference between, I mean, uh, just translating it, what exactly was the difference? Or what do you believe is the difference between a stony ground and good ground? And I might be wrong on this, but as I would see it, the stony heart did not surrender its stones and allow the farmer to make it soft, fertile, and workable. There was... How would I say? There were things that they held back. There were stones in their life they did not get out. They held on to those stones in their life. And it made it that, yeah, there was a sprout. There was a, a shoot that came up, but it couldn't grow. So just encouragement there is, let's get all the stones out so the, so the seed can grow. Hard soil will not receive moisture, nutrients, or seed. Um, I am a seed dealer, and I work with farmers and that, and, and work with people that know far more than I do. So I learn a little bit, or I try to, about that. Um, <clears throat> it has to be softened so it can be fruitful. <clears throat> Much can be done to a seed bed that is soft and fertile, but in a Abundant life cannot grow where the soil is too tight and hard. Recently, thought about a month ago or something, I had a, a seed meeting where one of the dealers I work with, or the, not the dealer, the distributor I work with came and had a presentation. A bunch of farmers came, and, and he's a very, very knowledgeable on working all different species of plants and how to incorporate them into your uh, pastures and your crop to naturally make healthy ground and yield good uh, forage for your livestock. So when a crowd like that gets together, they, they know he has understanding, so they fire a lot of questions at him, and, uh, and he answers them quite well. And one thing I've noticed, you know, they would say, well, I had this here stand, a pasture, but I want to seed this species into it. Can I just drill it in? You know, can I just take the drill and put it in? 
And that came up multiple times, and, and the one answer that he gave multiple times was, well, if your soil's not too tight, was a term he used. If your soil is not too tight, you can do that. But if your soil's too tight, it won't work. Um, that was the term he used. Essentially, if your soil is hard, um, yeah, basically, if your soil is hard, you can't plant into it. It has to be reworked. You got to take an approach. You got to take a year's cycle out or something, and uh, try it next year. But your soil is too tight. You can't just drop a drill and hope it's going to work. It won't. So that's kind of what got me going down this here. This whole message: prepare you the way of the Lord. Daryl, you'll correct me if I'm wrong. <laughs> I'm planting. You're the true farmer. Um, so, is our soil too tight to really take seed? Was the question that kept coming back to me, and that's what got me going down this way. Um, is the soil in my heart tight? Will it receive seed? Can I, can I take a whole week of Bible school and get anything? Or is the seed going to sprout and die and be useless? Um, we have to prepare the way of the Lord. We have to prepare a soil that will actually take seed. <clears throat> a lot could be said, too, about the thorns that we let grow up, but I'm not going to focus on that. <clears throat> so I think most farmers and gardeners know that if you have compacted soil that's, that's tight, you can't just plant into it. You have to prepare it for planting. There has to be preparation work done. <clears throat> Uh, a conventional farmer would probably till it. Um, there's, there's different ways, and just compare this to what we need to do in our heart. Some farmers, you've got a major problem, they get a subsoiler, and they dig way down and break it all up. You have to break the whole thing loose. Um, or if it's more of a surface thing, you can plow it with some form of a plow. Um, but like I said, this, this Carl that is working with, um, taking more, working with organic farmers and taking a different approach, you know, he would suggest, you know, plant radishes in it and let the radishes do their work. A radish will, will penetrate deep down in, break up the soil, allow water and uh, nutrients to absorb down into the soil. Using different species, you can get the ground to soften up and mellow up, and, and it can be fruitful again. But how that all works in our heart, there has to, we have to allow a penetrating, we have to allow a breaking, we have to allow a, a, a massaging of our heart so that we can take seed. We can't allow our heart to be hard. It will not grow. <clears throat> And how do we do that? What are those, what is the subsoiler or the plow or the, the radishes that come in our life? And they're different to all of us. Difficult things that come in our life. <clears throat> um, I, uh, I guess a little testimony here is I, I recently got stopped by a police officer for speeding. And uh, I just had myself focus on I had to be at a certain place at a certain time. And, and uh, I'm embarrassed to say it, but yeah, I was speeding significantly. Well, 
what am I going to do? I'm guilty. And, uh, you know, I, I, I have a lot of respect for police officers. They need to be here. And I admit there was a feeling of rebellion in my heart. There was anger. Like, why, why do you do this to me? I have a just cause. I thought so. Um, we have to allow those things to work in our life. And I, I got a significant fine and, and other things. But anyway, so um, those things come in our life. And we can't harden our heart and get angry or, or rebel or, um, or strike back. We have to let, let the plow do its work in our heart if we're going to allow ourselves to be changed. <clears throat> Ecclesiastes 7, 14 says, In the day of prosperity, be joyful, but in the day of adversity, consider. And I always kind of took note to that. In the day of adversity, consider. You're having a, a difficult, something's just not going right. Um, police officer pulls you over. Consider. What is it? <laughs> Why is this happening? We need to consider and not just think that it's his problem or you're making my life difficult. No, consider in the day of adversity why. Why has this come on me? And allow it. Allow it to soften your soil. Allow the plow to go down. Allow the radish to penetrate so that you can be fertile soil. When God speaks to our heart, we need to be quick to respond, even when God speaks in the middle of the night. And I actually had that happen this week. Woke up, 2 o'clock or something, and the Lord convicted me and said, you've got to do something about this thing in your life. And I responded. I had the option to not. Um, But we need to respond when God speaks to our heart. Otherwise, we'll have a hard heart. Psalm 95, verse 8 says, Harden not your heart as in the provocation, as in the day of temptation in the wilderness. So apparently, they hardened their heart. They didn't allow uh, what was going on to change them. Hardening your heart only makes you unfruitful. Who wants to live an unfruitful life? So Matthew 21, verse 44 says, And whosoever shall fall on this stone shall be broken, but on whomsoever it shall fall, it will grind him to powder. So you can today, tomorrow, you can fall on this rock, this rock, Jesus Christ, and allow him to break you. <clears throat> or you can continue to be hard. And in time that rock will fall on you. And grind you to powder. <clears throat> we can fall on this rock and be broken and changed. Or we can avoid it and have the pending doom over us. That that rock will one day fall on us. And grind us, grind us to powder. <clears throat> So just an encouragement, um, prepare the way of the Lord in your heart. Um, 
And you can start on the little things, start on the big things, whatever. But we need to prepare the way for the Lord. 1 Timothy 5, 24 says, Some men's sins are open beforehand, going before to judgment, and some men they follow after. So I would hope we all take the choice of putting them before us, sending our sins beforehand that they can be washed in the blood of Christ. <clears throat> so just as uh, uh, closing here, Hosea 10, 10, 12 says, Sow to yourselves in righteousness, Reap in mercy, break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he come and rain righteousness upon you. So I want to encourage you, all of us, to prepare the way of the Lord. And Lord bless you with that.